Hi, John. Hi, Marilyn. How's it? How's it going? Ah, oh. things are good. Things are good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little late, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Woo! Let's <laughs> just. Oh. Oh. oh boy. That's that's a lot of noise for a guy who's going great. I'm a little dinosaur. You are you are a little dinosaur. Still waking up a little bit. Still waking up a little bit. Gotta be honest. Still waking up a little bit. Give me an example of what's going. Well, things are going well here. I got a lot going on. Good, good, good. I got a lot, lot of projects. I'm sharpening the saw. You know, mm-hmm. um, oh, yep. uh, banging in some finishing of, nails. A couple of guys our age, you know, having a lot going on is good. Keeps us busy. Well, it keeps the demon dogs at bay for sure. It does. It keeps us out of the kitchen. It keeps us, you know, mm-hmm. chicken in the pen patch, scripting outdoors. Surely. <laughs> hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I got a lot of technical projects. I got a lot of semi-technical projects. I got a lot of, there's sure, a lot of, a sure. lot of hammering, a lot of hammering and saws. Who hammering and saws? Got a new mic set up here. Um, are you ta- uh, now you're talking about metaphorical hammers and saws? Yeah. Or are you talking about real hammers? There's a, there's a guy in the, in the productivity racket who says you have to set aside time to sharpen the saw. You got to sharpen the saw. You got to sharpen the saw. Yeah. And the idea is, you know, uh, good enough's not good enough. You need to keep getting better at the stuff that you do. Keep sharpening that saw. Mm-hmm. If what you're doing is sawing, yes, but it's that it is in that sense metaphorical. Sure, I see, I see. So you got a sharp saw. You got some finishing nails. I'm doing a lot of things to make myself more forward compatible. Have you been uh, um, organizing your cable routing? Yes, somewhat. Have, you, things are routed differently. Yes, but yeah. but mm-hmm. I do that as part of a uh, a larger Veltenschong. Sure, it's not just for its own sake, you know. As no. I as they say in uh, in Glengarry Glen Ross, what is this in service of? And I want to make sure, sure I'm doing things in service of good things. When you so. um, when you were in Bacon Ray, yes, did you have? Uh, how many distortion boxes did you have, or other effects pedals? That's a very good question. Mm-hmm. Over time, I had, I always, uh, ever since high school, I've enjoyed the rat pedal. It's a great pedal. And uh, the rat pedal also works well with, I learned from my friend Steven, how much two distortion pedals of differing, uh, you know, settings can yeah. be real good. You, you know that trick, like for a solo and whatnot. You might have something uh-huh. kind of warm here. So yeah, okay, so what? Okay, a... Um, uh, I've got, uh, I was a fan of that. I, I like the Ibanez Tube Screamer. At a time, great, great. My main go-to. I mean, I had a small amp that I would put on a chair on stage. Usually on a chair, yeah. I would go from a a kind of crappy Gibson app um, amp to a uh, Sovtech cabinet. Oh yeah, Sovtech was like the PV of Russia. Nostrovia. So now wait, you had a head in a cabinet. Mm, I mean, I had this Gibson. I I bought poorly. I always tried to economize in the wrong ways. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Well, no, what I kind wasn't, of Gibson head? What kind of Gibson head? It was an amp. It was like a it was like a dad amp. 
I had a yeah. Gibson Dad amp, and then I would run that out to the Softec, which didn't make a huge difference, but it looked cool. Oh, did you not? Did you bypass the speaker that was in the get the Gibson? I think I might have cl- taken the clip off. I don't really remember. Uh, okay. But I, I usually okay. had something like a rat pedal. I like. Yeah. Oh, you know what I liked? Oh, this is so obnoxious. This is such a cheat. I liked that Boss pedal, that orange Boss pedal that could make fake feedback. The DS one, maybe. You're talking about the Boss you hold DS1? down. You hold down the. Um, you hold down the pedal and it, it grabs somewhat arbitrarily the closest thing to a screaming harmonic and oh. then like uh, way overdoes it. And sometimes it, yeah, it no. grabs the wrong one and goes, wow, not, not a DS one. It was like a feedback or sustainer or something, mm, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes I would have, I, I was never a huge fan after the eighties, a huge fan of like chorus, but I did have one of those giant Russian pedals that was a phaser. One of those really, really look. You know what I'm talking uh, about with like a toaster, an electro harmonics. So yeah, like, uh, probably. Yeah, made out of aircraft. Something aluminum. like that. And mm-hmm. uh, I was mainly about you know the distortion. It made me feel strong like bull. Uh-uh-uh. One time I uh, I gave Lou Barlow a nine volt battery and he wasn't all that grateful about it. Well, you know he had a lot going on in his mind, Lou. Mm-hmm. Lot to think about. You don't get hair like that by accident. Did you spend time sitting on the floor? Let, let me just paint a picture. Did you did you spend time sitting on the floor of your practice space, uh, trying out different orders of those pedals? Where you put this one first and oh, then that yeah. one first, and I, I did, the I around? did. But no, you have to remember this is all at this point over twenty years ago. But yeah. what I recall was there was a pretty established order for how you wanted to do that. Where like mm. a, like a smarter guitar guy would look at your. Um, signal, what's it called? Signal chain? We'll look at your signal thing. chain, yeah. Yeah, look at it and go, hmm, I don't know about that. I don't know if I put the reverb before the the, uh, the distortion. That's the thing. You wouldn't put the reverb before the you distortion. You're saying, though, sure. right? Yeah, oh, sure do. In I your sure signal do. chain, you've got a certain clarity you want at the beginning, and then you. You do a little bit of uh, you do a little bit of seasoning toward the end. Mm-hmm. I think the you keep, schmooge, schmooge you keep over the there. important stuff, but then also you have to account for things like. You know, what if one of these things breaks? Some things break nice and they keep working. Other things break nice and then the signal don't go. And now you're not very rock and roll when you're all spinal tapping, trying to move, uh, you know, your cables around. You're not very rock and roll if the signal don't go. That's oof, I want to hear what you got to say about this because you've thought about this, I'm sure, more than I have. But yeah, I, I was, we were a, a real, you know, we had pretensions for being a sort of uh, jokey prog, but we played, you know, we liked rock music. We liked, uh, you know, got yeah. by voices and Afghan wigs and stuff like that. Yeah, sure, sure. Rock music, famously. Like famous, rock music. I, li- I like famous rock music. Famous Afghan wigs rock music. Yeah, yeah. But so- sometimes we'd have like a funny little, little prog thing. There'd be a little bit of a yeah. breakdown. Beep, boop, beep, boop, I recently beep. returned with uh, huge enthusiasm to uh, early to mid uh, King Crimson. And yeah. I'm, um, which is, they're awfully good. They've yeah, got, yeah, they've yeah, got yeah. Like, like at least three records that I would say Crimson King, um, uh, Lark's Tongue and Aspic, and Red in particular are three albums that they're so different, but they still sound so modern. It's mind blowing. Anyway, so yeah, yeah that, I, I that's saw me. them a couple of years ago, or not a couple of years ago, last year. I saw them last year and uh, they had um, more than three drummers. But see, it was pretty impressive. if you pretty got, impressive. if Bill Bruford is on the stage, and I'm sorry to talk about music here, I know it's no, I don't think we need to talk about King Crimson. I, I need to talk about. Game I want to know about your. Okay, okay, but like, but but you you telling me you got a problem with Bill Bruford? No, 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 no. You I got Bruford I beef. I, I have none. I have no no problem. Right. With it. I loved I loved watching King Crimson. Loved what about it. Baloo? You got any Baloo problems? 
Chris Ballou? No, Chris I have Ballou? no problems with Chris Ballou. Chris Ballou. He plays, uh, what does he play? He plays an inner tube. What's he play? Uh, Chris Ballou, he yeah. plays a bass with uh, two strings. Two strings. Or he, or, or he plays a guitar with three strings, or he plays a, I think he plays a ukulele with a half a string. It's very confusing. Oh my goodness. I'm, That's very yeah. like Gage. Yes, it hang, is. Hang, hang, it, hang. Is. it only it only goes halfway, and then then uh, it's held. The one end is held up by Ferris. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com/supertrain. There are so many things that you can do with Squarespace. You can create a beautiful website to turn your cool idea into your new home right on the web. You can showcase your work. You can have a blog, uh, galleries. You can publish any kind of content. You can also sell products and services of all kinds right from your Squarespace site. You can promote your physical or online business. I highly recommend this. Uh, Most sites for businesses are not very good. They didn't tell me to say that, but the Squarespace sites are so good and they're so easy to use and they work on every dingus. You can even announce an upcoming event or a special project. They can do all of this and more by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Powerful e-commerce functionality lets you sell anything you want online. You get the ability to customize the look and feel, the settings, products, all that and more with just a few clicks. Literally, everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. And they're offering a new way to buy domains where you can choose from over 200 extensions. You get analytics to help you grow in real time and built-in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting with nothing to patch or upgrade ever And of course, they do have their 24 by 7 award-winning customer support. They're encouraging folks to make it. Make it yourself. Stand out with a beautiful website from Squarespace. Uh, Yeah, you probably already know. uh, I'll say it again. You you people are apparently still not all getting a Squarespace site, so I'll tell you again. They run all my personal sites, um, several of them, including uh, the Roderick on the Line site, which means you are literally, literally using Squarespace right now. Uh, I really, uh, it's a great service, and I recommend it. So right now, you go and you check out squarespace.com slash supertrain. You get a free trial. When you're ready to launch your site, you use the offer code SUPERTRAIN to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. These folks have been good to me personally and professionally. I uh, give them my official okie dokie, squarespace.com slash supertrain. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> um, well, you know, I've been having band practice. Oh, for, um, for a band? I've been I've been having band practice because the Western State Hurricanes uh, oh. record releases this weekend. Oh, really? And I'm playing two live shows, two live crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't played two live shows with the rock band in several years, five years maybe. Whenever that little tour we did, the Barsuk uh, reunion tour. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, is this related State- to your photo with people in it? A guy that might be Ben Gibbard and another guy. Is that related to this? Yeah, yeah. This is the band. What, what was I looking people. at there? What is that? Uh, who's the, who's uh, the guy in the middle? Uh, um, oh, oh, oh! You're talking about the three, me, and then Ben on the one it looks side. Looks like and then Ben's the guy smiling, the and I didn't rec- so I didn't recognize him. Yeah, no, that's Carl Newman. That's AC Newman from the New Pornography. That's AC Newman in the middle. Yeah. Hang on. Oh my goodness, look at him. Yeah. He's a grown man now. Oh yeah, he is. He doesn't look like a spotty Canadian. No, he's got a little child now uh, who's eight years old. You won't respond to me online. Will you tell him I really enjoy his work? I will. I will. It's really frustrating. It seems like he should be right in my wheelhouse. I know. He's very funny. He's good on on Twitter. Bill Janowitz finds the time to talk to me. Seems like Carl Newman. Somebody somebody I've listened to Carl Newman for 20 years. Seems like the kind of thing. I did introduce myself to him when I was drunk once. 
But I don't think he remembers that. The thing, thing about Bill Janovich really frustrating, is he's, John. Really frustrating. He's a he's a real estate agent, right? So he's he's uh, he, Wait, t- hang he talks on. to who's, people. Who's a real estate time. agent? <laughs> Bill Janovich. Oh, <laughs> did you not know this? He is the Boston area's um, premier uh, mid-century modern. Um, real Shut estate your whore mouth. Agent. No, and you he wrote a book. Like and a, he wrote a book about the Stones. That's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and he that that was, he did a thirty-three and a third, right? He did, he did one of those. He might have done a 33 and a third, but I think he, I mean, the, I've got his book. You know, it's so so difficult when you buy cloud books because you don't yeah. really know the, I mean, I read so many cloud books. I, I read Bob Mould's biography that way, like autobiography. Like there's all these books about music that I get or the uh, the great Scott Miller book about music through time, which is a great book, RIP to a real one. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, I've wait. I've never bought so, a cloud book, so I don't, this isn't a problem. Good for, good for you. All right. Who's the bass yeah, player? Thanks. Who's the bass, who's the bass player? I don't have a, uh, I don't have a TV. Is I don't it, know if you know this. Oh wait, you don't have a TV at all. Wow. Uh, well, I don't. I don't even have a house, so I. Oh, that's so bougie that's to have a house. I know. <laughs> Look at me. I can shit where I want. Yeah, yeah, who's the bass player? Who's, who's the? Uh, is that P bass with a striped shirt? Who is that? Who are we talking about now? Uh, your latest Carl Instagram. Niven? No, 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 no. Oh, oh, no. Oh, so this is the Western State Hurricanes. That's Bo Gilliland on the bass. It's Whoa. Michael Schilling, who you know, uh, on the drums. Sure do. And, uh, Wait, is that Stephanie? Stephanie Wicker slash now... Huh? Uh, uh, Stephanie Nay Wicker I now I thought she Emery. was going to be a no-show for this. She's no, in? she showed. She's <gasps> in. Shit, dog. I thought that was... Was that a question mark, like a health thing at some point? For a long time, she postponed a surgery. She's <gasps> been undergoing... She's been, she had a guitar made for herself so that she can hold it. You know, um, she's a really good singer. Did you know that? I did know. Yeah. Okay. She said when she was coming uh, into Seattle a couple of days ago, the plane tried four times to land and had four times went around hmm. until everybody on the plane was barfing and screaming and crying. It was like one of these. Oh, one, one of, of those. Like, where you, where airplane you the, experiences. You get the drops. It's the worst. Oh, I hate it. It was a big storm and, you know, the plane's bouncing around and they couldn't get it on the ground. And yeah, I, I didn't know that. That's for the happens. regular professional pilot. They couldn't get it on the ground. Yeah, they just, I don't know. You know, SeaTac is a very modern airport and mm-hmm. it has all the mod cons. Yep. Um, and I don't know what could possibly have been happening in terms of wind shear and whatever else. Uh, you know, I don't know what. Hmm. I mean, they, the runway at SeaTac, at least, at least the newest runway is, has like embedded heating in it. Like it's got it, floor they, heating. Yeah, they turn the floor heat on and it, and wow. and your feet are warm when you get out of the shower. On the whole length v- of the viva, runway. So viva SeaTac like, is what people say. Viva Seattle right. Tacoma. Viva Viva SeaTac. Huh. I don't know. I don't know what, but it sounded hor- horrific. She's but okay anyway, now. Yeah, she's, she's okay now. She's, she's all, yeah, she was okay as soon as we started playing because, you know, music heals. Music yeah. is healing. But yeah, it's the it's the the gangs all together. Wow. And uh, honestly, you know, I'm the weak link. It's really... It's really You're the weak a link. challenge. Oh yeah, I don't remember anything. I'm just like, ah, what chord is next? I just am staring at them, like, where are we? And they're like, it's your song, man. Mm. I'm like, I know, but I don't write songs like this anymore. I haven't written songs like this in 20 years. There are too many chords. What mm. did I? What was going on? Why? What was I trying to prove? And they were like, ah, it's your thing. Your songs have a I lot. Talk- there's a lot. These th- this era of songs, the songs have a lot of movement. There's a lot of ah, there's a movement. lot of a lot of fruity changes. Mm. Things go, they stop, they go. I was talking to Carl Newman about it at the show, and he was like, "I still write songs like that," mm. and he and he does, but he knows enough 
to have on a 10 song record, seven songs just chugle right along and they don't, they don't hurt anybody's feelings. They just, you know, they get from the start to the finish. They've got smart lyrics. They Mm -hmm. have little parts. It's good. Mm -hmm. He reserves. There's only three spots on the record where he's like, and now I'm going to do songs that I'm going to do these three songs that are really hard. And by hard, I mean like, oh, there's going to be a time tempo change. He's got I've some. Got he's got some. Well, first of all, around. he he the songs that he has written, and I suppose some of the other guys too, but especially on the early albums, his songs sound like madness. Yeah, I don't know if we ever talked. I think we might have talked about this, but you take something like uh, like a slow descent into alcoholism, or one of those, or even even that Nico Case song with the bam, bam, letter from an occupant. It sounds like mm. madness. It, it's mm-hmm. it sounds like somebody turned on some kind of uh, like a Brian Wilson tap on full. He does these wonderful things that I love to do too. He'll do a Tarantella. He'll bring out a Tarantella. He'll do that. Uh, what is a Tarantella? Oh, well, famously in, uh, like, for example, in Godfather 2, the guy who's not Clemenza goes up and says he wants to hear a song and he wants to hear a Tarantella. And he goes, dun, 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 You guys are Italians. Why don't you Yeah, he does. He does do. He does all the things, right? He yeah. shaves a beat. He puts in a beat. He does a time signature change. But God, every single one of these Western State Hurricane songs has like three of those. It's got what uh, we used to call parts. You got parts. It's got parts, and my mind is just like, oh, I don't remember where it goes now. I'm and guessing something, that, something like, uh, like I'm guessing, unsalted butter must be challenging because that's got finger work on it. You got your, you got bam, 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 bam. You got your, I don't know if that's your part. I'm guessing that's your part. We do an unsalted the butter. Cha- uh, the challenge of, I mean, that stuff's just muscle memory. The challenge is like, you know, you got a song, song's supposed to have verse, chorus, verse, mm-hmm. uh, arguably another chorus, mm-hmm. then a bridge. You, you don't do bridges. Well. Yeah. And then after the bridge, you got either another chorus uh, either after the bridge, you got it. Either a third verse, if that's what you're into. Yeah. If you're somebody, if you're fucking Bruce Springsteen. Depends or whatever, on what the song wants. And then a chorus out, or mm-hmm. you get a chorus out, or you know, in some cases, modern modern people with their modern thinking, you go into a bridge and you just take that. That becomes the C part, and you go to follow that out, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just it's pretty it's pretty simple, guys. Hmm. First chorus, verse, mm-hmm. chorus. C part mm-hmm. or bridge and then chorus out. Baby wasn't down with the heist. And for me, it's like verse, pre-chorus, chorus. Mm-hmm. Second verse has a has a new chord arrangement from the for a second chorus or second verse is still identifiable as a verse related to the first verse, but now it has a different chord arrangement for some reason. Mm-hmm. Making the bass line on the first verse not not pr- practical anymore because now I've introduced a, some minor chord that didn't need to be there. So now the baseline has to change in the second verse. And well, then a... and I just want to say, I know it's not your favorite, but I'm just, I'm going to say one thing I love. I love a band who can land, especially like a mid tempo pop song, but like, like, you know, when you get, I'm going to say it, Weezer, Weezer is very good at changing it up in the final chorus often mm-hmm. with the baseline. And you know mm. me, you know what I love, the thing that'll get me like harder than Chinese algebra is a nice chromatic descending walk down. So you yeah. could be doing like a 154 bullshit thing on, and it's really working. And then at the end, you do like a little you do like a little G 
F sharp E D C. And now daddy's daddy's at full mast country and Western country and Western. But uh, so you got to remember all that. And then you have to sonically season it so that you go, Hey, here's the, here's the pre-chorus. And that's a, that's, that's a, that's a gain cycle. You know, Mm -hmm. it is, it is the unsalted butter. You know, what sounds hard is the, is the picking, but what's hard for me is like the fourth or fifth time that I change the whole structure. I'm going to miss you so much. But you know, right? Isn't it, that they're talking about when it changes to, to I'm gonna. So it's not. There's not the usual. I'm gonna miss you so much when you're gone. Do 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 do. But then you get to the end, and you start to rock a little harder, and now you're laying down. How much? How much you miss? Chords and then more chords. Mm-hmm. The the uh, the classic the classic one is um is the the Western State version of the song Car Parts, which on mm-hmm. the Long Winters records is a um it's just a like a. It's a rave up that was sort of meant to sound, I don't know, it's just like your basic pop song that still has very fucked up chords. Mm-hmm. But it's just first course, you know, it does it does a little thing. But in the hurricanes, got it, got I throw I throw 20 new chords at the at the last minute of the song and my I don't know, my brain doesn't remember them or doesn't remember the order of them from from time to time so we play the song and i'm like okay okay you got it got it got it and then we go and do it again and i'm like where what and mm-hmm. it's because the other kids have uh you know the other kids in the long winters the um the young ones have uh have listened they they, they learned the song by listening to the album over and over mm-hmm. uh so they've like done all this homework and they've like worked out their kinks or whatever and i I went into these band practices thinking like, I wrote these songs. I know how all this stuff goes. And now I'm like really the weak link in the practices. I'm just like, ah, fuck, you know, I'm just sort of chang, chang, chang. It sounds like you're it's still, a, you're still necessarily operating. I don't overthink this, but you're still op- necessarily operating on a more intellectual, like, yeah. like, like manual processing level. Then you haven't yeah. found the pocket yet where you're like, oh That's yeah, right. that part, like it's not in your bones again. No, I'm manually processing, mm-hmm. and and uh, and part of it is, you know, as we were saying at the beginning here, the um, uh, the gain stages. See, for me, I use a rat pedal, I use a tube screamer, but I also use a clean boost pedal. A couple of different ones I've used over the years. Mm-hmm. Compressor. That's real. That's real nice with a Fender. It's, it's nice, but right it, now it lifts I'm it up using a, a Vox bit. amp now okay. so the vox amp has has a master volume i mean like with a fender like with a fender guitar don't. you can get it or that rick you can get a really nice big fat ringing tone by by you can if your if your amp can if your amp has the headroom mm-hmm. but then there's all there's i have a new pedal a guy uh whose pedal company is called lollygagger made me a, a distortion pedal that has like all these different characteristics it's got lots of big fuzz but it also has lots of lots of boost okay and then our friend Ben gave me a Klon clone. See, Klons were very Klons are these pedals that are very expensive, handmade by this guy, and uh, and so the Klons are like worth I don't know thousands of dollars now. John Vanderslice has one. Klons. I remember when you could get a Klon for six hundred bucks, and I thought who would pay six hundred bucks for a Klon? And now it's like, like a lot. Six thousand bucks or something. If you want the a Klon Centaur, is that what I'm looking the at? The Centaur, here? yeah. Wow. But then there was a guy that worked at Klon, worked for Mr. Klon, making mm-hmm. Klon Centaurs. Mm-hmm. 
And then he left Klon and started making this clone of Klon. <laughs> and the clone, thing is there, clone? Are, there are a lot of Klon clones. And I think maybe I maybe I have this right, maybe not, but I think Mr. Klon originally covered his circuits with beeswax or put a hmm. spell on them somehow, like hmm. put a put some, some kind of a genie's curse on them. So if you were a, a pedal maker and you took his clon apart, you couldn't tell what he'd done. He hid the germanium. He hid the germanium under hmm. a geranium. Nobody would ever think to look there. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. They'd look at it and they'd say, oh, he uses geranium. And it's like, no, uh-huh. but there's germanium under there. Huh. Uh, all of this, and so clones have this amazing sound. Anyway, Ben bought this clon clone, and eventually he got another clon clone that was more something. Hmm. And he was like, "Do you want this clon clone?" Hmm. And so it's like a, it's a clone of a clon clone. I think that's what he got. I think oh. Ben got a clone of a clon clone. I think I okay. have a clon clone. Okay. Anyway, it's great, and in conjunction with the lollygagger, I have you know, in conjunction with the. All of them, but the problem is you need these things to do different things, right? You need here's because I like a they, clean it's one thing to have sound. one pedal, and it's another thing to have multiple pedals because right. they need to play well together, they need to be in the right order, and they need right. to not undo the good work of an earlier pedal. You can't just do a thing where you're like, here's pedal one, and then sometimes I put on pedal two also, and you have pedals one and two. And then you have pedal three on sometimes, and you have mm-hmm. pedals one, two, three on. Now, you can do that, and I do do that. But there's also the question of, well, what if you just want pedal two on and not have pedal one or pedal three on? What if you just want to use pedal three? Also, importantly, without having to go uh, and turn knobs and fiddle. You don't want to fiddle. You could do that not a little bit between songs if you're moving to something real different. But you want mm. that, you want to have a little Sharpie mark on there that doesn't move, right? This is this some is, guitar this, players. This. Yeah, some guitar players are, they got nothing else to think about. I don't know. They're sure shit not singers. I'll tell you that. But mm-hmm. whoever it is on stage that can play guitar and then bend down and monkey with their pedal settings in the middle of a song, I don't know who those if monsters are. You're not Charles are, Bissell. You should not them. be attempting that. Only Charles Bissell should attempt that. Well, it, and you do see it. You see smart smart people doing it. I yeah, don't. But they're I not a lot of smart singing. They're not. That's not really singing. I can't even mess around with the volume knob on my guitar, or I'll get confused. <laughs> I'll get confused, and I won't know what's happening. But the thing yeah. about the the thing about three pedals in a row is that if pedal two is set so that it provides a nice boost when added to pedal one. That doesn't necessarily mean that's the same setting that's going to work if you just turn on pedal two by itself. And so you have to monkey with these settings to get them to work in different combinations and to work all by themselves to do different things. And it's very challenging. Mm-hmm. But but these songs, these uh, these Western state songs, they require that many different flavors. You, sometimes you need a clean boost. Sometimes you need it to be really fuzzy. Sometimes you need it to be warm and punchy. Sometimes yeah. you need it to be porm and munchy. Oh. And so huh. there's a lot of, I've spent a lot of time down on my, down on my uh, knees in uh-huh. the last week in a room where I'm just unplugging cords and plugging them back into other, mm. uh, to, and moving this to that side. And what if this went here and, how many, what if I, and it's very, it's very it's uh, stressful. Well, you know, it's just, it, it occupies all this additional space in the mind because I'm trying to remember the chord. I'm trying to remember the, 
part, where I go next. And also my feet are trying to play these different tones on the floor, like, and then this comes in. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you're like, I remember the part, but then you hit the wrong pedal and it goes, Mm -hmm. and you're like, fuck, no, I had the part. I just, just ruined the sound. Anyway, this is not stuff that I've had to think about in the last five years. And now I have to think about it all at once. And it's very exciting. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting. I thought it will come together. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I hope I'm at the I, I think I'm at the low point right now. The point where I feel like I've taken everything apart. Mm-hmm. It's all strewn all over the place. And now when I put it back together, it's just going to go right back together and it's not gonna, there's not going to be any part left over where you're like why is there still a nut? Oh, I hate that. You know? Yes. Yes. I you know what? I'm going to tell you what I tell all my kids. You know, I know you know this, but 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 the people who come to your show, they're they're there for a good time. They're there for a good time. They want to, they want to hear you play the songs. They're pulling for you. They're on your side, unless they're not, in which case you should single them out with the kind of banter that you do that people enjoy. I don't think there's going to be anybody at these shows that doesn't want them to that doesn't want us to succeed. Why would you come to a Western State Hurricanes show if you weren't excited? To see the band I succeed. agree, I agree. But then there's also the other thing is, I forget, this might have been Lou Reed or Alex Chilton or somebody else, uh, but uh, All Great Rock and Roll is on the verge of falling apart. Like, it should have some danger to it. And, like, if you're mm-hmm. living that danger on stage, you're going to bring the motherfucking ruckus. You know what I'm saying? Especially with you. Yeah. And you start into one of those solos where you fall down and your glasses hit the stage. Like I don't do. know if I can do that anymore. Oh, come on, John. That's what they're, they're there for that. Uh. What was the well, big? What was yeah. that? Was that Mimi? Mimi was the uh, the big ripper at the end, usually, right? No, Nora. Nora, sorry. Um, oh, sorry. No, in fact, yeah. I got a letter from an old an old friend who said, "I'm coming to the shows, and you'd better not play the hard rock version of Mimi. I want you to play the regular version of Mimi." Mm-hmm. I was like, "I'm not taking requests, yeah. especially not how I'm going to do the songs, but I am going to play the regular version of Mimi because we, you know, we used to play punk rock Mimi sometimes." Mm. Which was just our way of saying we're just going to play this really hard, hard, fast, loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, but we haven't done that in years. You got, no, a, lot, you no, got a lot to you got a lot to keep straight to keep straight in your mind. Sounds a lot like. of things, a lot of a lot of people coming out of the woodwork, a lot of stuff. We got some. We got special guests. Special guests are going to come Oof, to the show now. Get up angles. on stage with us. Do a little. Do a little song. Do mm-hmm. a little dance. Hmm. Make a little love. Mm-hmm. Get down tonight. Mm-hmm. We're going to do both of that. Hmm. So, whew, lots, uh, lots am I, going uh, on. When am I going to get my fucking album? What's going on? Oh, it's on the way. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Hmm. I just, um, well, I'm, I'm going to get the tracks at some point. Was they're that, yellow vinyl. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you get the tracks. You get when the do tracks. I get the tracks? I want my tracks. Oh, I, well, I, 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 I did, I did pay for this, John. Yeah, here's the problem with that. Mm-hmm. The problem is that. <clears throat> so I, so the, so the project. As per uh, our discussion a couple of months ago, when it first uh, when it first launched, yeah, and that's back when you weren't checking your email. No, okay, no, and I, you know, and my bad, my bad attitude and everything, it's all in play. They you know, knew I, they were going to be dealing with a rock and roller, John. You I don't know owe something. anybody an apology. But what I ended up doing was I I I took the I I said there's the two campaigns here, right? There's the vinyl. And the show, and this, 
and the vinyl release party and the whole event, the community building event. You know, we're going to be playing live on the on KEXP on on Thursday, I think. What? <clears throat> You'll be able to listen in on uh, KEXP.org. Big doings. KEXP.org. We're going to do Will that lady songs, be sitting in the chair and you'll be in the dark studio room? I believe so. I love I that show. That. I love that lady. Yep. yep. I think we're going to be, that's Cheryl Waters. I think Cheryl we're going to be maybe videotaped even. Mm-hmm. I watch, uh, I watch well, those there, videos. I'll go watch those videos. Mm-hmm. There's a bar in town that's like an all vinyl bar and we're going to go spend an hour there listening to the record and talking to people. Lots of lots of things, lots of lots of events. You gotta um, you gotta really make sure you're sleeping and drinking a lot of water. That's all I'm gonna say. On Saturday during the day, there's going to be a meetup that was arranged by um, some of the fans of this program and of uh, Roadwork that that uh, congregate on Facebook on a page called Gary's Van. Whoa! Where they they have they get together and ex- share their experience, strength, and hope of listening to the these That's programs. That's so cool! I didn't know. That's Gary's awesome. Band. So they said, you know, we would like to um, we would like to meet if possible. Some there are people flying in from Sweden and Australia and all these places wow. that are just coming to see the show. And so I I arranged to have lunch with them, and um, that's going to be between the two shows. Like Oof. ton going on. But one of the things that I did was I said I'm going to do the digital side of this separately. Hmm. So although the people that bought the vinyl are all going to get digital copies of the album, you're going to defeat the pirates. I I, I want the digital to be like a separate, you know, the digital's not, not part of this record campaign. And partly it is that, you know, there are a lot of people involved in this record, uh, in the production of the vinyl and in the, in the, you know, this big show. But in the end, two years from now, the only place it's still going to live is online. And what I don't want is when, you know, people download this record in the quantity of five a month or five a year for the long tail. I don't want to have to, I don't want to be in business with anybody about that. You know mm. what I mean? Like it's not, it's not generating, it's not going to generate any money, but it's going to be there. It's going to exist. It's going to be part of my catalog. Mm-hmm. And I so want to staggering. You're staggering a little bit. Well, I just want those things in one place. You know, I, mm. I intend to still make music. I intend to put music out under the long winters, under my own name, maybe. Who knows? And I don't want to, I don't, I want to limit the number of people that I have to check in with to make sure that I'm getting, you know, that they're sending it on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But the problem is, I'm bad. At project managing, and so I have not yet 100% figured out how to put the music online oh. in the way that I want it to be, so that so, it's uh, protected. So today, I'm I'm having some conference calls with people where I'm like, "Here's what's got. I want it to do this. I don't want it to do that. I want it to live here. I don't want it to go there." Mm-hmm. And um, and hopefully, I'll have all that done by. <clears throat> by by Friday or by Saturday at the latest. Oh, you got a busy week. Yeah, a lot going on. Then I got to go to band practice. Yeah, get your pedal straight out. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's um, it's uh, 
I don't know. It's exciting. It's See, exciting. It's, it is exciting. It's exciting. It's it's cathartic. It's um, everybody's it, you lived know, a lot. You got a lot going on for sure, and you, you got a lot of moving pieces. But maybe it would be helpful to you just as a break for you to send me um, a zip file of of all the uh, of all the tracks. Would be one way you could practice. You practice zipping. You could practice sending. I could. You know what? I would let you know if it came through. Okay. And then uh, I would probably be able to to listen to that. Oh, I see what you're saying. If, that, if it would be helpful to you, you can zip those and send it to me. I see. Zip them, just zip them right off to you so you could listen to them. And, I'm, I'm, and I'm like a test patient. Be supportive. Yeah. I could, well, I don't know if I'm supportive, but I, uh, I I would definitely be able to let you know if it came through as a file, okay? And if that would be helpful to you, that's the thing we could do. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. That's very generous of you. Yeah. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by Health IQ. You can learn more about Health IQ right now by visiting healthiq.com slash supertrain. Hey, listen, uh, do you average uh, eight hours of sleep a night? Yeah, check. Do you eat a quality plant-based diet? Of course you do. Do you exercise four or more times per week? Well, then basically you're doing everything right to ensure you live a long life. Isn't it time for you to be financially rewarded for your commitment to a healthy lifestyle? Well, look in the mirror. You look good. You're doing everything right for your health today, but if you're not planning for the what-ifs of tomorrow, then it's time that you do. The problem is that historically, and you know, rather ironically, the health-conscious have overpaid and subsidized those who are less health-conscious. It's not a conspiracy. It's just how life insurance works. Introducing Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates for people like you on their life insurance. So if you're a runner or a cyclist, if you're into CrossFit or another type of uh, athletics, even if you're just a committed weekend warrior, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, then you deserve to be rewarded for your hard work with more affordable life insurance rates. Health IQ can save you up to 41% because physically active people have significantly lower risks for heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. And Health IQ is not just a lead generator. They take the customer through the entire process of applying, and the policy is underwritten by uh, one of their top insurance partners. These savings are unique to Health IQ. You won't find them anywhere else, but you must qualify to get a special rate. Now, to see if you qualify, go to healthiq.com slash supertrain. You're going to take their proprietary Health IQ quiz. Depending upon your score, as well as the other related factors, you can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. Once again, that's healthiq.com slash supertrain to let them know we sent you. And to start the process with the Health IQ quiz, there is no commitment, and you'll learn even more about potential opportunities to be rewarded for your commitment to living healthy. One final time, that's healthiq.com slash supertrain. Our thanks to Health IQ for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. I like music. I, yeah, yeah, I know you do. I know you do. Big fan. A little it's bit exciting. disappointed in Carl Newman. I mean, I've kind of reached out to him a lot, and I kind of feel like snubbed is too strong a word. But, uh, you know, if a realtor from Boston has time to, to think I'm funny, you know. It's interesting. It's interesting. There are still a few Twitter relationships that I have with people where it feels like the old days yeah. of Twitter, yeah. where you're like, hey, shouldn't we be friends? And And I've tried... Mm-hmm. And uh, we're still not friends, and it's because you aren't, um, you're not recognizing me. Yeah. With Carl, I feel like he and I have a, we have a fine, stable 
online relationship as we do offline. Mm -hmm. But there are other people, there are other people where it's like, Oh, were you feeling a little bit frozen out? Well, or, uh, like for instance, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Mary Coco, Mm -hmm. Mary Coco is a friend in real life. Okay. Mary Coco, um, She's a, she's a, she's a member of a social uh, group uh, of people, both in person as she lives in between California and Seattle, uh, both in person and, and online. A lot of, you know, there's a lot of fun online happening. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is that when people, Mary, Mary will tweet something and then people will reply to her and, uh, and then she'll write them right back and they'll get into these little zingers back and mm-hmm. forth, back and forth zingers. Yeah. Now, what Mary does with me when I reply, because she's very fast, she's very fun, well, I want to have a little zinger with her, what she does is she faves my tweets mm-hmm. tomorrow. Hmm. So I'll throw a zinger in there. I'll get no zinger back. I will not be, I'm not invited to, <clears throat> to, some, to any kind of back and forth. But then the next day, she faves it. Uh-huh. Now, I know that she's watching her tweets in real time because I know her personally. I know that she's not doing anything else. She's okay. just sitting and looking at Twitter all day. Okay. No, that's not true. She's, but she's not she's, interacting. Uh, she's not she's turning that not turning that around quite as quickly. She's not, she's, not, uh, she's not jostling with you. And then the next day, she, she favorites it. She's like, points again and says, LOL. Yeah, the next day, but she never says lol, right? So the mm-hmm. next day she faves it. So what? So it's it's a very complicated game she's playing, which yeah. is she's not ignoring me. No, because the next day she's I don't know what she she can't possibly be going back and reviewing all of because she's tweeting all the time, right? She's mm-hmm. not like so it's a she's living so in the moment. A, she's not living in the past. But it's a very complicated message that I don't fully understand. What is it meant what, to convey? Right. What category of Twitter person am I to her mm-hmm. that she's keeping me? She's she's saying, I saw it and I yeah. liked it, but I did not engage with you in real time. Maybe she doesn't want to get into a whole thing. Well, but she's getting into a whole thing with like 15 oh, other people. Oh, I right? see. Like Andy Levy will say like, huh, that's weird. And she'll say, thanks for noticing. And he'll go, well, I'm just sitting here watching. And she's like, you're the best. And well, he's like, not, but it's all sarcastic uh-huh. and fun. Oh, well, that's fun. Why can't you get a piece of that? And I'm like, so, I, so then I reply like, yeah, and that's what she said or whatever. And uh-huh. it's just like, Whoa. and sometimes Andy or somebody else will like, will engage with me over a Mary Coco tweet. She can't be she, bothered though. But not if I'm in there. No. Oh, interesting. I don't know what, I don't know what that's about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, jo- like John Worcester will mm-hmm. tweet something. Mm-hmm. If I reply to it, like 15 other people will join in on a conversation that I'm having about a John Worcester treat, but he will never. He'll jump in if any, anybody else, but he won't get in if, I, if I'm mm-hmm. the one that's like, ha ha, look at me. Nope. No, I, no I, 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 I get and give this. It's complicated. Yeah, yeah, it's complicated yeah. business. I mean, so a lot of times you do, you hit the star to say, I see you. I saw the star this. means I see you. The uh-huh. star means I see you. I swear to you. Yeah, but sometimes uh, you just don't want to, I mean, to me, the, sometimes you just don't want to get into a whole thing. But the star means I see you. But what about tomorrow's star? Tomorrow's star. What does tomorrow's star mean? How I did she see know to go now? back? How did she know to go back? She can't. 
I she mean, just keeps she just keeps like a little like a like a three by five card like oh yeah tomorrow go back and fave that so he doesn't feel like I'm ignoring oh, it's him. It's almost but like, I, a, like a thank you note. Well, or <clears throat> I don't know, man. I don't know. Hmm. It's it's very complicated. I, but but then again, I will also sometimes go back and look at Twitter from yesterday and and like fave a couple of people. There there are people that comment on everything, and I want to I want to support them. I want to you know mm-hmm. I but I. Thing is, I have a standard, right? I'm not just going to fave something just because you showed up. You've no. got to have got to have delivered something. I, uh, I, it's it's real complicated. I, I do some uh, some basic uh, trimming and grooming. Yeah, you know. Well, sometimes I'll go right. back around and see. A lot of times I start something because I want to be able to find it again. Oh, uh, a lot of times it is to say, uh, uh, "LOL, I see you. I saw you. I saw you when you saw did you. that. See right? you when I saw you." Yeah, yeah, and uh, but like I don't know, man. Like sometimes I just don't want to. Sometimes I enjoy getting into a whole thing. Yeah, and, and the irony for me is that it is sometimes the the least celebrity like people that I most enjoy engaging with. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's just nice. To, I mean, if people like your thing and they want to talk about it, my gosh, that's what we. This is what we've been planning for. Oh, sure, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I uh, I I feel like. You know, sometimes Ken Jennings will reply to one of my uh, tweets, and his reply will get more faves than mm. the original tweet, and that feels that feels weird to me. Like there are enough people that had to read the original tweet and recognize that it was the genesis of the of Ken's reply, but they didn't go read or they didn't fave the original tweet. Now right. I understand you can't always fave the original tweet. Well, remember we came up with a term for this. Probably a couple years ago. Oh, what was it? The reach around fave. Reach around fave. Yeah, where you go, like back, being... you go back and mop up. Where sometimes hmm. I will retweet or quote tweet or I'll I'll I'll, I'll uh, uh, engage yeah. with the content, and then but if I but if I've repurposed their content for a funny and I forget to go back and star and say lol I see you, then I'll go back and I'll give the reach around fave to say like also, you know here here's that, you know, I think it's just polite. Um, <clears throat> well, it is, uh, but have you ever been ratioed? Do you know what that is? I you, do. you try hard not to get ratioed. Um, um, do I, I, I do, I do know what it is and I have seen it many, many times. Uh, it happens a lot on political Twitter and this is ratio uh, is a term that Twitter people use for when a, a um, uh, a, a tweet, often a very, a very stupid or poorly conceived one gets tons more responses than faves or retweets. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the responses um, are usually like, meh. Right? Uh, Do people say, meh? Or, I mean, I, I feel like the, <laughs> I feel like there are so many um, of those threads where the, where I don't even understand what the responses are. A lot of them are just responses where they've tagged someone else or something. Oh, yeah. But, oh, oh, no. Oh, yeah. And then you get the canoe where it's just like six, six ats in it. And I'm like, what, what am I looking at here? What is this? What, 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 what are you, why are you talking about me? Don't do that. Don't include I, uh, me in I the think canoe. I got, I, I maybe got ratioed once, uh, hmm. but it was because I said something about Captain America. I don't remember what it was, but it was one oh. of those, it was, it was one of those Marvel cinematic you see universe ratios. It's really good. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. Mm. You, you know that scene where Mr. Pink is talking to Mr. Purple? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, ah, and I don't he, tip. Shoot you in the ear. He, ah. he cuts off his nose, and then yep. the other guy's like, what, this cop? And then shoots him, ah. and then there's ga- and throwing well, gasoline all over. Amazing. Lol. Lol. So good. 
Hello. And then, oh, you know, I made a gimp reference just yesterday. I was going to oh, put nice. Bo in a, in a suit wow, and put him in a footlocker. Good job. Wow. So great. Yikes. So great. Wow. Uh, and Welcome join us in the 1970s, John. Get woke. Yeah. Shooting Hitler right in the face. They don't say gimp anymore. Would you go back and kill baby oh. gimp? Uh, no, no, hmm. no, no, no. Uh, baby Gimp is one of my favorite Star, Star Wars characters. He's eating, the, eating his bone broth. <laughs> <coughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Keeps. You can learn more about Keeps right now by visiting keeps.com slash supertrain. Losing hair sucks, and two out of three of you fellas will experience hair loss by the time you're 35. Introducing Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair you have. These FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes now, and starting at just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. Getting started with Keeps is so easy. Signing up takes less than five minutes. You just answer a few questions and snap some photos of your hair. A licensed physician will review your information online and recommend the right treatment for you. Then it's shipped right to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Some of you have probably tried them before, but you've probably never gotten them for this price. Keeps' treatments are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. Some men do experience hair regrowth, and at best, men will get back up to 20% of the hair they lost. Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Plus, now you can get your first month free. It's one heck of a deal for getting to keep your hair. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors, and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. If you suffer from hair loss, the last thing you need is to wait to see a doctor. With Keeps, there is finally a way to get the help you need when you need it. For a limited time, receive your first month of treatment for free. You go to keeps.com slash supertrain. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash supertrain. Get a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash supertrain. Keeps. Hair today, hair tomorrow. Our thanks to Keeps for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, there was one the other day, boy, sometimes you just, you hate to see it, but, uh, uh, there's a the guy who's such an idiot from CNN and he said the stupidest thing. And I, I came so close to making a remark about it. And then I stopped. I, I didn't, I didn't want to do it. He's such a fucking idiot. What now say that again. Uh, find it. What did this guy say? It was so stupid. Um, uh, it was really bad, but no, but that's, that's ratioing and you don't want that. And t- Twitter claims that they're trying to uh, do less of that. So they're introducing new features. So we don't, the term they use dunking, we don't want dunking. Stop dunking. Please stop dunking. Stop dunking is what they say. Yeah. That's the way it doesn't have to be like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get dunked and I don't want to no. dunk. No, 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 no. See, where's the dumb thing he said? It was really dumb. Boy, this guy tweets a lot. Um, Who, anyway, which, which guy? his name is Chris Saliza. Chris Saliza. Is that one word? What a what a cool what yeah. a cool one word. It just basically Chris sounds Liza. like like bacon cooling. No, yeah, it he's sounds on, like a, when your car loses its grip on a wet road. Chris Saliza. He's on he's on CNN and he just oh, oh 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 he's that guy with the glasses. He's a little uh, little uh, little too animated. I don't have a TV, so yes, okay, fair. I guess All I right. would see him on an airport or something when mm-hmm. I was walking oh, through. Oh right, because you do travel still. <laughs> If I had a universal remote, wouldn't that be amazing where you could oh, turn yeah. off everything? Can you imagine that? Be, 
Did you see the Did you see the one uh, uh, yesterday? I saw this where uh, where somebody had a little wheelbarrow mm-hmm. that was full, full of, of cell phones. phones. Yeah, that was cool. That was that was pretty. Fun. That's uh, were, that's, were, that's some culture jamming right there. The, the notion is you get a kid's wagon and you're dragging a bunch of Android phones around and it looks like you're traffic. I'm traffic. Yeah. Now. Uh-huh. And then Google thinks, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. it's a traffic jam, Lord. but it's not. It's just a little wheelbarrow. <laughs> That's funny. Have you been following this uh, this whole in, uh, internal voice thing? No, tell me about internal the internal voice. voice. What that mean? <clears throat> well, all right. See if see if I can get this. So someone online mm-hmm. uh, was talking to some friend. I guess, in a text exchange. And the friend said something to the effect of they were watching a movie and there was a voiceover. And the friend said, wouldn't it be cool if in real life there was like a voice in your head that like narrated things that was going on, that was, you know, things mm-hmm. going on in your life or whatever. And the other person, the person that en- ended up making this public um, replied, well, yeah, there is one of those. It's the voice in your head that basically narrates everything. And the oh. other person replied and said, <clears throat> what do you mean? What are you talking about? Voice in your head. That's nuts. And then the person was like, you know, your internal voice, the one that when you're not speaking out loud mm-hmm. is the one that's still speaking, but inside your head, the one where you talk to yourself. That presumably the everyone other- has, according to this person. Right. And mm-hmm. then the other person said, I don't have one of those. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the person that went, ended up making this public was like, what do you mean everyone has one? And in the course of their discussion, um, the person that didn't have an, an, an inner voice um, gradually made it known to the other person that, in fact, they didn't have one. And when they're not talking out loud, they are not. There is not a voice inside. And so the the person that um, our protagonist then went wider with in their own circle of friends and texted a bunch of people and said, "Do you have an inner voice?" And something as far as as far as they could uh, among their friends, it seemed like thirty percent of the people reported not having an inner voice. Well, this. This our protagonist was astonished by this, hmm. and so tweeted this out. When I read it, I was also astonished that to some, consider that, that, that some people don't have that. To consider that to consider. there are that there are people who are not talking to themselves. Mm-hmm. That when they're not talking, um, you know, they're solving problems, or you know, they're they're like. Their mind is active and engaged in the world, but they do not have a voice that they can hear inside that's talking things out or – and so I went around my little world and started asking people whether or not they had an inner voice. And, you know, there are some people that clearly have one. You don't need to ask my mom whether she has an inner voice, right? Because she does? Yes. Okay. But uh, I – so I asked Michael Schilling, the drummer of The Long Winters, and he said, no, I have, don't have an inner voice. When I'm not talking, there is Silence. nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, well, what, if you want to say like, <clears throat> hey, Michael, you know, 
you're doing good or hey michael you need to like step it up or if you if you need to like say something to yourself what do you do don't you ever need to say something to yourself and he said well i mean i'll go into the bathroom and i'll talk to myself in the mirror whoa but he said i also will talk to my cat and out loud i out loud mm-hmm he said, you know, I talk, I talk out loud if I, if I need to, if I need to say something. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyway, it was, it has now, so I have not gone back yet and tried to find that original tweet or find any supporting evidence or documentation. I've just been, I've just been doing firsthand experimentation, asking people like, what's your, what's your story? Do you have an inner voice? And I, my my feeling is that most people that have one will say immediately, like, "Yes, I have one." There's a voice that I'm that I use to talk to myself in my head. Hmm. And the people that don't have one are confused at first what I mean, and then gradually you kind of arrive at a place where you, where they say, like, "No, I don't think so." You know, like I don't I don't know what you mean, and then gradually, but just that. Is seems pretty profound, hmm. and it's an it's another example of the sort of the thing from the thing that twenty years ago when I was like I think I'm an introvert, and extroverts didn't extroverts just didn't know what introverts were right because extroverts dom are dominant, and they did they you know a lot of my problem interacting with the world was that it's it the world uses extroverted rules, mm-hmm. and they don't work for introverts right. Hmm. But the idea that there are that there's a significant proportion of the population of the world that doesn't have an inner voice to me as someone that does have one, that's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And it changes how I it changes how people should be interacting with each other. How could you how could you not how could we have failed to notice this before? If it's true. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm discovering it's true as I survey the people I know. And it's an example of like people that have one assume everyone has one. People that don't have one would never assume anyone did. And all this conversation we have culturally where it's like, oh, I was saying to myself or I'm lost in thought or all this, that people that don't have an inner voice must be hearing those words and just interpreting them as meaning something else or hmm. – or, uh, or just sort of like not like there is it possible Merlin that there's this that there's this kind of um polarity of experience and mm-hmm. we've never acknowledged it before this one person tweeted their friend and like well there's a lot to the interior world and to our experience of consciousness that's necessarily very complicated. I, I, I mean, I don't mean, I'm not trying to be difficult. I, I don't find it surprising that people have this or that people don't have this personally. How, how do you mean? Uh, have, have a voice or don't have a voice? Okay. Well, first of all, I mean, it's, there's, there's these ways where you can like phrase or frame these kinds of things that, I mean, because you say to a lot of people like, okay, uh, you, well, even if it's a minority, do you have like a, an inner voice that you could identify? And they say no. But like, I bet there, are, when you put it that way, I bet there are other ways to frame it where it does make sense. 
and it is situationally pretty different. What you may be experiencing um, is how can I put this? So I'm trying to break this down. On the one hand, yeah, break it down. Well, okay. So so um, there there is a certain kind of part. There's a part of consciousness that we would call a voice. That's not a voice. It's just there's a there's thoughts in your head that I think of as like a, one of the most innocuous ones of those that I can imagine but that I bet is real for a lot of people is similar to a commentator at a golf game. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except the, li- where that quote unquote. Yeah, exactly. So, so you could be like, okay, he's uh, talking to John Roderick, but he's also typing a little bit and he's uh, thinking about what it is that John's saying and he's making his approach to the green. And there's uh-huh. that sort of like, and now I'm doing this and now, now right. I am holding spoon. Like there's right. that kind of like, just, <laughs> Right when I make that noise, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my walking yeah, yeah. around music. Right, that's that's a kind of inner voice, I suppose. There's another kind that is closer to a classic narrator, and the difference there is that a narrator in your quote unquote head, quote unquote voice thing, the narrator is not quite commenting on what's happening, but is framing what's happening in the context of other things, right? So a narrator, so the the golf commentator might be more like just a factual, like John's taking out his his nine, he's about, you know, he's got his nine iron, he's this far away from that, pretty much straightforward. But then you could get into this deeper sort of narrator who's like, this is very similar to the previous time that John used the nine iron and it didn't go very well. Let's see how this so, turns So out. somebody like the cowboy and the dude who's just like, well, mm-hmm. the dude. Sometimes the bar gonna, eats you. Yeah, the dude abides, yeah. But then, and then, again, obviously, then this can go so much further. There's a voice that I have previously referred to as the mean dad voice. And like, mm-hmm. I think most people mean have a mean dad voice in their head. It could be mean mom, could be mean somebody. But whoever it is in your life you think is most, well, how can I put this? It's a, it's a, it's a notional voice in your head of someone who's pretty disappointed in how things are going with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is a fairly common, like, well, bet you fuck this one up again. Yep. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, you can tell that person doesn't like you. So the two, my, my two angles on this are number one, well, is, is it a voice that people do or don't hear in their head? I don't know if it's, you put it that way. I think if people are not concerned or troubled by the quote unquote voice in their head, they're at least less likely to acknowledge that it exists. I think the people who notice it are the people who have what I will describe as a negative voice in their head. That you are much, I think you are much more likely to be aware of that constant companionship, which you, I believe, have, well, I'm, I'm going to pivot. It's a little bit of a Welsh troll, right? You got the guy who's sitting there going like, who the fuck do you think you are? You think you're going to succeed at this? Yeah, but uh, the, the <clears throat> what's standing out about this at least in the reading that I've done and in the people that I've talked to is the, is the degree to which the people that are responding that they don't have a voice are saying that they have no, they do not talk to themselves internally. Even if you stand there and ask them like, can you say to yourself right now in your head, like right. today's, today's going to be a good day. And right now I'm going to go across the street and get, a cup of coffee. They, they, they neither hear a monologue nor participate in a dialogue. Right. They, they, they say, I do not have the capacity to speak like that inside my head to myself. They don't hear their decision making in the, in, in a voice. They, they act, you know, they're like, they mm-hmm. go, they, 
they just, I don't know how you would decide to go get a coffee and go get one without hearing a voice. Hmm. And that's what makes it profound. That's so interesting. Right? Like that's like, because they, they are like, well, I want a coffee. So I go get one. I don't, I'm not, I'm not talking about it. And for me, like, there's nothing that happens where I don't, where the, my experience at least is like, well, I should go upstairs and get a cup of coffee. Okay, well, let's go. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, let alone as I drive down the road and go, I wonder when that building was built, whether or not people were still using daub and waddle or whatever, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and so like Michael said, when he's not doing something, there's just silence mm. like peace that, or does something. that, does that just, seem impossible or crazy to you i just can't fathom it mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. my because i have constant well just it's not even companionship it's just that i filter everything through it all happens in the form it takes the form of a of a voice does is the voice uh, more dominant than your does the voice dominate your consciousness or do you feel like you dominate the the voice? It, Cause it kind of sounds like the voice is uh, dominant, that it is the one who is, who you are turning to and listening to whether you want to or not before you act upon something. It is consciousness as far as I can tell. Is it you? And that's what, you? that's what, yeah. Okay. But it's, you think it's astonishing think of a voice. to is me it, is that you, you, could, you could live in the world and not have it. Mm-hmm. Because it is, I can't imagine how you would have a you. But you do feel you experience it as yourself. Yeah. Okay. It's you I talking mean, to yourself. Are, there are a lot of other voices that are not me. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I, I'm not trying. I'm, there's no trick here. I'm just trying to figure out, like, because sometimes I do feel when I have the presence of mind to say one of my phony baloney hippie things to myself and, you know, catch myself having monkey mind, you know, I might find myself saying something like, well, you know, this may be what I'm feeling, but it's not who I am. Right, but that would require that you have an inner voice to to experience or to say all of that to yourself, right? This to is become like aware of. That. Okay. Hmm. Okay. This is like pre that. If you don't have a, if you don't have any inner voice at all, it's way before like trying to to like parse which voice is which or to which thing is healthy or anything like that. It's like, and and I don't know. The thing is, I don't know if this is true. I don't. But but in asking. Michael and Bo also can they talk it's not do you talk to yourself in your head it's can you talk to yourself in your head right now I'm sitting across from you can you talk to yourself in your head in an audible voice and when they say no mm-hmm. I don't know another way to ask them that question again Right to because because you know your reaction and I had this reaction from somebody else where they were like well it's probably just that they don't know how to or whatever you know it's probably just uh, the terminology or framing or something mm-hmm. but like if you say to somebody can you speak to yourself inside your head and not make a sound and they say no I don't know a way to frame it differently uh-huh, uh-huh. where where it seems like oh yes you actually are you just don't know how to describe it. Because I have a negative one, and so I hear it all the time. But even if that's true, the idea that that the amount of conversation that I have in my head is that the that the that the that the fine tuned overdevelopment of that conversation mm-hmm. 
is one that other people, when I'm sitting and talking to somebody, that they could have almost none of that. We're we're we are effectively like a different species of people. Mm-hmm. Well, their their kind of consciousness. It's like some the way sort of avatar the way they experience and process life. It feels like it must be very different from the way that you do. Totally unrelated. Hmm. And yet here we are, like we both, you know, we both like, um, what we both like rewatching the, the Sopranos mm-hmm. and we both are w- currently wearing like sports caps. But you have to go and, to their house cause you don't have a TV. Uh, well, you know, I mm-hmm. watch it on my phone. Okay. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, I sit in the bathtub, right? I mean, that's why you, that's why you watch movies on your phone, so you can sit in the bathtub and eat. Hmm. Um, anyway, so I'm so this is an ongoing investigation, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, but it's very it's very curious to me, and I'm I'm within my own family. I'm starting to wonder whether there isn't a inner voice gap, an inner voice. Which gap, if it exists, might explain yes. some things? Yes, that this mm. gap, this gulf between, um, between inner voice and non-inner voice people, may account for some like fundamental lack of comprehension about process and hmm. and just like the the way that we that we struggle to understand how each, uh, each other's world works. Right. right. And you see this all the time with stuff like, I mean, not to be political here, but like where you go like, Oh my gosh, how could this particular politician keep doing these really, really shameful things or to, how do they compartmentalize their behavior in such a way that they could say these things that sound so hypocritical. And it's like, well, I mean that when you look at something like that, you look at someone like that, there are some people who, who can't imagine getting off the couch because of the implications that they can imagine in their head of getting off the couch. And there are right. other people who have this very like high level compartmentalization where they can look, overlook these things and focus on these things. And that doesn't cause any kind of soul ripping cognitive dissonance. I mean, to me, that, that, you, that's a similar example of something where you're like, how do you do what you do every day? That's so crazy. Because we, we, we think about these things so very differently. How can you not be seeing these things? And it might just be that it's a whole different methodology of thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, there are plenty of people, I feel like, when I have said to them, why don't you go reflect on this for a day and let's talk about it tomorrow. And then the next day they arrive and there seems to have been no reflection of any kind. And what it seems like is that they start thinking as soon as they start talking and their thinking is happening in the talking. They're talking and that's how they're hearing. I can relate, I can relate to that. Right. Yeah. But, but that, that without the talking, when, when I say like, well, go reflect on this, what they are, I guess what they do is they go and I, I I'm not sure what they think I meant. But when I said to Michael, hmm. what do you think I'm doing when I sit and stare at a spot on the wall for... Has he seen you do some, this? Oh, well, he's been on tour with me. We've known each other for 20 years. You know, he was... A, he's he seen, was so he's in, seen some staring over time. He was in the long winters for, you know, for a, a very heady period. Yeah, right? Chris, Chris shaved his head right in my kitchen one day. <laughs> and oh, just hair Michael, all over the floor. It was really well, something. Well, because everybody was... Yeah. We were in Vietnam... Mm-hmm. But uh, but Michael said, when you stare like that, what all I know is to leave you alone. 
And I said, yeah, but what do you think is happening inside? And he said, oh, I I have no idea. I mean, I never had any idea. I just knew that that was when to leave you alone. Which is very different from, well, I assumed that you were thinking about the band or about the, like the, the idea that I was thinking even was one that when I really asked him about it, he was like, we were getting into this realm where I was like, I was thinking and he was not even knowing what, not really even able to understand what I meant by that, that I was thinking as opposed to. I don't know. I don't I mean, think, I don't think you're the weirdo here, but I think you're not not the weirdo. I think I don't think I I I do not feel this nearly as closely as intently as you do. I mm-hmm. I don't think. Is it okay? Can I interrogate the voice just a little bit? Can I speak with the mm. voice? Yeah, of course, of course. When the voice hello, when Merlin. You, Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello John's head. I am from another town. That's very interesting. Have you found a spot that you like to look at right now? I am looking at a spot. When uh, when you become aware of the voice, is, is the yeah. voice how is the voice speaking? Is the voice speaking in speeches? Is the voice speaking in uh, making you aware of things? What is the voice telling you that that uh, John Prime might not be thinking about? You're talking about my own voice? Like, when it talks to you. Like, for example, okay, here's a classic. A classic is, and I don't have this all the time, but as somebody who has depression and other issues, uh, as I've learned, there are sometimes a voice where I'm, it's, it might be the mean dad voice, but it's the voice that goes like, you fucking idiot. Like, you've, you've, you've ruined another thing with action or inaction. Like, you're so stupid. Like, I, I do hear, I will sometimes catch that voice. And I do try to bracket that voice and go like, hey, who the fuck are you? But, because I'm like that. But, so I think there are certain kinds of strong voices that that can come out at certain times. And it might be somebody saying, yeah, you got this, you can do this. There could be that kind of self-talk. But when you are aware of the voice speaking to you or speaking around you, is the voice speaking to you? Is it addressing you? The primary voice that I hear is um, a voice that is always phrasing questions. When I look out, so right now I was trying to just look across the room and not think anything. Mm-hmm. Like I'm listening to you. And the thing is, I think that, you know, I think this is my speculation is that this is why NPR and is so popular. It's why people leave the television on mm-hmm. um, is to have That's why something. you joked about like the airports. But like I have a theory that most most people, including very much most American white men, are terrified to be alone. They're terrified to feel bored. They're terrified at the idea that there's not something that they could be paying attention to. Well, we we say that as a like and and qualified as terrified, but it may also just be that there's nothing, and so they fill it up with um or there's just there's no voice there. It's not that they fill it up. It's that that uh, that they're that they have space for reading and listening and watching. Mm-hmm that I often don't have space for because oh. there's already so much happening. There's already a lot going on in that space. And so if, if you have space where you could listen to NPR and be intrigued and, you know, and, and be g- gaining information. So anyway, looking across the room, I'm trying to, and I realize, oh, there are all kinds of, all, all sorts of times of the day where I'm just looking at a thing and I'm not 
thinking about it. I'm just, I'm conscious of it. I'm, uh, it's present to me. I could go over and interact with it, mm-hmm. but I'm not thinking about it. I'm just, mm-hmm. it's just there. I mean, I've been trying to, I've been trying to understand this for the last few days. Like, what would it be like to just be in places and be myself there, but not thinking about it in a voice? And I realized that what my voice is doing is always asking questions. Okay. All right. Like, like, what if that moved over there? What if this, okay. what if that was made out of a different material? Who made that? When was it made? What is, well, who would go there? What is that? And of course, all of that, all of those questions aren't necessary in the sense that whatever my relationship to the object is, I don't need to know any of those things. And none of those questions are necessary to operate the thing or to find a use for it or to ignore it or whatever. I'm just, those questions are present all the time and they're not judgmental. They're, it's not that the questions are not saying like, you suck. Why have you failed so badly? It's, it's a constant. And the, but the problem is that those questions are very, um, the voice that is there, the mean voice can seize on the answers to those questions all the time. Like, Oh, well, I wonder if that was made by, you know, yield forefathers. And then the voice is there to say like, well, they, at least they made something and you know, at least they have something to show for themselves. And it's like, whoa, that's where the mean voice comes in. But the level of constant question asking isn't, and I, it, it's, I'm sure it has some natural selection advantage, mm-hmm. but it's actually not, it's not a higher level of operation. I'm not, I'm not um, thinking harder about the thing I'm actually doing. I just have a, I just have one of those, um, live stream comment sections. Mm-hmm. Like when you're watching a YouTube video, but like nothing right. ever just happens, right? The it has to, it has to get through the voice, the filter, the, the questioning yeah. that's before you're going to act on something before you would even be aware of it, that it's already there asking you questions. Right. Okay. And if that wasn't there, I don't think I would be any less functional and might be even more functional, more better adapted to doing the things that I do and just getting through life and, and being a productive, normal person. Mm -hmm. And so in trying to, in trying to imagine like what it's like to not have an inner voice, I'm realizing that that inner voice more often than not is just a, it's just a running comment section. It's not, Mm -hmm it's not actually me sitting and profoundly reflecting on the, on the nature of everything. It's just like, it's, it's like a, it's like a, a, a 10 year old sitting in the passenger seat, just motor mouthing. Yes. No, that, that, that absolutely has, um, if this is too personal, tell me, but, uh, over time, as you've felt different ways, been different ways, been in different States, had maybe even different kinds of like uh, medication. Like in, and but but in the context of uh, in the context of all of that being in a certain place, sort of mentally, emotionally, does the voice change much? Uh, has it changed much over time? Does it change from place to place, or is it always just the the, the clattering, you know, ten year old commentarium? Oh, well, but this is the thing: you, how do we know? Oh, the only way that the only way I could tell you what the history of my inner voices were was in the voice of one of my inner voices. Really? You know, I would. Huh. There's no. I can't imagine what it was like to be ten years old in terms of what my inner life was like, mm-hmm. because I, there's no external 
way to gauge it. You know, like it's a, uh, it's one of these this things. Wild. I, this must feel. I mean, and but this feels normal, right? This doesn't feel abnormal to you. The thing is, watching borderline people, uh, of which I have a lot in my life, and I have a lot of suspected that, borderlines happening. Yeah. Yeah. Realizing that what they are emotionally experiencing right this minute, they cannot recall a time when they weren't experiencing it and emotionally hmm. and realizing that like, oh, wow, you're really upset right now. And when I say an hour ago, you weren't upset about this very same thing. And now you are. That seems crazy to you. You don't you can't hear it. Right. And when I say an hour from now, you're not going to be upset about this. That also seems impossible. Really? Right, to someone that's having a borderline episode. Oh boy. Oh, that's rough. Um, and, but watching that and realizing like, wow, their subjective experience is that they are, that this is a constant state or that they never would have not been upset. Whatever they're this. feeling, whatever they're feeling intensely right now is what they've always felt. Is the realest thing in the world. Okay. And so when I look at my own, so they don't have, they don't have any say, sort of, you feel like they don't have any sort of distance from that feeling. That feeling is who they are at that time. Yeah. There's no, there's no distance. Right. Yeah. And there's, and then when that feeling has passed and you go, remember an hour ago when you were really upset, they kind of don't hmm. remember what wow. that was like. Wow. Eey. But, but it's, it's caused me to reflect on my own thinking and go, how can I possibly say that I know what I was thinking when I was 25? Because the only way I have to, the only, the only Memory I have is the one that's being filtered through this some form of thinking right now. And you, I think, at least in your own telling of this, somewhat famously, back when you were having drinks and drugs, like you've somewhat famously, you weren't, you rarely blacked out. Never blacked out. You would remember, I mean, like as as much as you might have had a half rack of uh, of Bush, you are you remember what happened. Yeah, yeah or the yeah, voice, never, or the voice remembers. Somebody remembers. I mean, I never did anything in the morning that I couldn't tell you exactly what I did, and nothing ever happened to me that in the morning. Somebody I needs to study you. What you. You got you got a special thing going on. That's that's fucking wild. Well, yeah, but I can't fucking remember the chords to the Western State Hurricane songs. Well, you know, it's. I mean, yeah, that's true. You you got a busy week. Maybe you should table some of this until until you're done with all the. Uh, you know what would help you relax, probably and get real focused, is um, if you sent me the the digital tracks for the Western state hurricanes record. So then I could just, I would be helping you. You would be helping yourself and the voice would, would be helping both of us. I see. I you see. Know, what do you think so, right now? What questions are you so, asking yourself? What, what questions are the voice asking you now? Well, let's see. The voice is saying, mm -hmm. can I figure out how to send Merlin the zip file? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And is that, is Merlin being, is Merlin motivated entirely by an altruistic desire to get that zip file to help. My goodness, what a cynical voice. Or does Merlin have a, some other ulterior motive that is driven by his own love of music and oh, desire to have things before other people? Does he have a them? connection on the dark web? Right, exactly. For or example. No, no, no. no, not that Merlin would ever let the let the tracks out, but just mm -hmm. that, you know, is Merlin operating entirely selflessly here? Entirely selflessly. Yeah. See, these are questions that my inner voice is all. That's just that one voice of a is, thousand. This voice questions. is very, very cynical. Very cynical. Well, it is. It is. It rightfully so. I'm always, I'm always offering help if people want to send me things. I'm happy to tell them where to send it. Tough place. It's a tough, yeah. If you want tough place, you got to you, your your hands are those me meaty hands of yours. You're gonna mm -hmm. be working up and down that neck. Oof. Mm -hmm. You got a lot. You got to got to sing. You got to make sure your gain stages 
or in the right yep. order? You didn't put the reverb before the rat? Nope. I got the Starcaster. I got the I yes. got the Rickenbacker. I got the Tele Custom. I got the the I got a Tele with Paisleys on it. Tele with Paisleys. What am Paisleys. I supposed to do with that? What am well, I supposed to do with the Tele with Paisleys? Tele with Paisleys. You throw it up in the air. You know what I mean? While my guitar gently weeps or some some such. Uh huh. Uh huh. I, don't know, I mean, I'm here if you need the help, and I'd love to help. If you want to send it, that's fine. I would listen to it. All right. You know, all so right. or we can wait till will after. You listen to it, will you listen to it all the way through, or will you listen to it 30 seconds at a time? I'm pretty familiar with the song, so I could probably listen to like the first like maybe 10 seconds, and then don't then next. Happy I could help. <laughs> <laughs> 